Hello, today we're going to start the introduction to the pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Now, in order to gain insight into the spiritual depth and strength of this classic book, The Pursuit of God, it is important to look at who this man Tozer was and how his classic came to be written. His full name was Aidan Wilson Tozer, but he did not like his name, so he went by the initials A.W. A.W. Tozer is one of the most quoted Christian writers of the 20th century. In his period of highest visibility, which was around the 1940s to 1963, he was one of the most sought-after speakers in evangelical circles. Tozer was a man driven by a desire to know more of God. As you see on page one of your book, that Tozer's walk with God was a priority with him, and he allowed nothing to interfere. It was the basis of his attraction to the Christian mystics. Now we have to remember that Tozer wrote the first edition of The Pursuit of God in 1948. So when he talked about the mystics, he referred to their desire to love God. Tozer wanted to love God with all of his heart and all of his soul and all of his mind. Just as we see in Matthew 22:37 to 38 it says Jesus said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul and with all of your mind this is the first and great commandment we see in Matthew Henry regarding this verse he says the love of God is the first and great commandment our love of God must be sincere, not in word and tongue only. All our love is too little to bestow upon him. Therefore, all the powers of the soul must be engaged for him and carried out toward him. So when you read that Tozer was attracted to the mystics, don't be alarmed. He was, not, he was not into anything like the New Age movement or the emergent church that you hear of today. He simply had a deep desire to know and love God with all of his being. One of Tozer's quotes is that what I believe about God is the most important thing about me. There is no one perfect person in this world. You cannot put all of your trust in one person. You must measure all that we read, learn, and do by the Bible. The Bible is our plumb line that we should balance our life by. Another quote of Tozer's that I like goes this way. It says, The Word of God, well understood, and religiously obeyed is the shortest route to spiritual perfection. 
and we must not select a few favorite passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. And that is so true. We have to watch and make sure that we're not just taking bits and pieces out of the Bible, but that we take it as a whole. You can see how God has shaped the life of Tozer throughout the many difficult circumstances that he experienced in his life. He was born in a poor home in the hills of western Pennsylvania, where formal training of school was very limited. So forced by his home situation to forfeit an education, Tozer entered the ministry without even high school or college training. He educated himself by years of diligent study and constant prayerful seeking of the mind of God. When Tozer said, Seeking truth and seeking God was one and the same thing. For example, when he felt he needed an understanding of the great English works of Shakespeare, he read them through on his knees, asking God to help him understand their meaning. And this procedure was typical of this method of self-education. So with no teacher but the Holy Spirit and some good books, A.W. Tozer became a theologian, a scholar, and a master craftsman in the use of the English language. His grandmother often told him about God. She was sowing seeds for his later conversion. Now when Tozer was about 10 years old, they lived on their farm in Pennsylvania and it had burned down to the foundation. They had to rebuild it. Now remember, they didn't have a lot of money. After the fire, his older brother left home in pursuit of a career in Akron, Ohio. Tozer's father could not handle the stress of the loss from the fire and his oldest son leaving, which was his help on the farm. He ended up having numerous nervous breakdowns. He suffered from depression and was in and out of hospitals. This forced Tozer at the age of 10 into adulthood as he took on the duties of the farm. And he did this for five years. Now Tozer's brother would talk to his mom and dad about moving to Akron because there were plenty of jobs there. It was a bigger city. And his father knew that he would never be able to farm as he once did because of his illness. And he did not want to put that burden on his children any longer. So they sold the farm and moved to Akron. To make ends meet, Tozer, now at the age of 15, and his oldest sister had to work to help supplement their income. But that still was not enough. So they had to take in borders. Now all of this was shaping Tozer in his life 
And through this experience, Tozer learned to read people quickly. Because you understand, they came from a farm where they were kind of on their own, and now all of a sudden, they're forced into this busy city and having boarders live with them. So he learned to read people pretty quickly. By age 17, Tozer came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. And this is an interesting story of how he became to know the Lord. When he lived in Akron, uh, there was a, a Christian neighbor that lived next door. Now, Tozer, remember, had his grandmother talking to him about God all the time at the farm. So he knew a little bit. And he had heard this neighbor was a Christian, but yet this Christian man never really talked about God until one day they were out taking a walk and he kind of put his hand on on the shoulder of Tozer and he asked him, you know, I've been thinking about you and I wondered if you became a Christian. And if not, I would like to talk to you about it. Tozer politely replied back to him, No, I am not a Christian, but thank you for asking, and I will think about it. And they went their separate ways. Well, then a little later, Tozer heard a German lay preacher speaking at the corner on the street in Akron, Ohio. The lay preacher said something that caught the ear of young Tozer. It startled him. And he went home, went up to the attic to be alone. And he wrestled with those words. The words of the lay preacher were, If you don't know how to be saved, just call on God, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and God will hear you. Well, you remember his grandmother had been talking to him, and now this Christian man next door had talked to him, and he heard this lay person telling him that, and so he went up to the attic, because you remember there's a lot of people there, and he wanted to be alone and figure out what this was. We don't all know what all took place up in that attic that day, but what we do know is that when Tozer left the attic, he was a changed person. He accepted Jesus Christ into his heart. And that was the very beginning of his Christian life. And that established what was to be a lifelong practice of waiting on God. His walk with God was a priority. And with him, and he allowed nothing to interfere. His prayer life was quite remarkable. His regular habit was to sprawl out on the, st- on the study floor face down and worship God. Tozer's real strength came from his prayer life. He often committed, commented and said, As a man prays, so is he. His entire ministry of preaching and writing flowed out of fervent prayer. Our prayer life is a crucial part of our relationship with God. How often do we converse with God in prayer? When we do pray, is it a meaningful time of communion? Or 
do we just quickly run through a list of requests? I'd like to play a short clip for you of A.W. Tozer talking about prayer. Now, he is not a flamboyant preacher, but it was his love for God that made him one of the most sought-after speakers. And I just thought, you know, it's interesting to hear people and kind of connect with them. So I thought you'd enjoy just hearing a, a short little clip. And so I'm going to allow you to listen to that now. I want to talk about prayer. And in the fourth chapter of Philippians, the sixth verse, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so I'm going to choose this phrase, in everything by prayer, in everything by prayer and supplication, but supplication is a form of prayer, with thanksgiving, but thanksgiving is a form of prayer. Let your requests be made known, and letting your requests be made known is a form of prayer. So, in everything by prayer is what the Holy Spirit said. Now, this is a remarkable phrase, and it is a key to the treasure house of God, and all that God has is ours. But we are not enjoying all that God has, either because we don't know it's ours, or because we have not practiced in everything by prayer. In our study, Tozer will be introducing the idea of drawing near to God. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So what does it mean to draw near? Is it the amount of time, the quantity, or is it the quality of the interaction? To illustrate this point, I just want to read to you a short little um, paragraph here. It says, On a visit to Hong Kong, an American businessman had an occasion to ride the subway. The trains were so crowded, he said, that certain employees were on the platforms just to push people into the cars so the doors could close. The American said he was jammed against people on all sides of him. He was close to more people than he had ever been before. Yet they were all strangers. He did not know them. He was not nearly, he was not really near any of them. Now, this may typify some relationships with God. We are close in proximity to Him, but do we really know Him? Sometimes we go through the motions, perhaps praying from a list of requests we read off to God. Some are in church quite regularly, but do not feel near to God in the sense of intimately knowing Him. We glance at God and we gaze at our needs, but rather we should be gazing 
at God and glancing at our needs. So if we want to develop a meaningful prayer life, we must focus on God and not on the peripherals. There are some books that can be enjoyed with one reading. Others are enhanced by many readings. The Pursuit of God is one of those books that it enhances the more you read it. Much of the strong meat in The Pursuit of God came out of the crucible of Tozer's own personal experiences. The chapter, for example, entitled The Blessedness of Possessing Nothing, which is a couple chapters away, reflected his desperate struggle to turn his only daughter over to God. The battle for him was intense and devastating. But when full surrender came, a new and glorious release became his. He had learned to know God in the school of practical experience. The writing of this book was for A.W. Tozer a deep spiritual experience. The burden God had given Tozer was to motivate people who claimed to be followers of Christ but who had little knowledge of God and little desire to know Him better. This drove Tozer to write this classic book that has changed many lives today. He had a speaking engagement scheduled in McAllen, Texas. So he boarded an overnight sleeper train. Now at this time, Tozer was struggling with the burden God had laid upon his heart. He wanted to motivate these people. So upon boarding the train, Tozer asked the porter for a small writing table. And secluded in his sleeper compartment, he began to write, oblivious to all else around him. About nine in the evening, the porter announced the last call for dinner. And Tozer asked him for some tea and toast, and he kept on writing. As he wrote, the words fairly tumbled into his mind. Feverishly, he put them down on paper. And by morning, he had the entire draft of the book that would affect millions of people today. This is a thumbnail sketch of A.W. Tozer and the writing of his classic, The Pursuit of God. And Tozer had a burden for people to love God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their mind. Does the burden that prompted Tozer to write this book find a response in your heart? Would you like your relationship with Jesus Christ to be closer, more intimate? That should be a desire that we all have. Although A.W. Tozer died in 1963, 
His spiritual legacy continues to satisfy those thirsty for the deep things of God. One of the quotes out of his book says, Perhaps the continued usefulness of this book can be attributed to Tozer's great spiritual discovery that to seek God does not narrow one's life, but brings it rather to the level of highest possible fulfillment. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13.5 that we are to examine ourselves. It is important, ladies, that we continually take stock of our relationship with the Lord. Not because we are worried about losing our salvation, but because a relationship that isn't growing is a stagnant relationship and a hindrance to the work of God. Now I want to show you a video clip that really makes you think about how we spend our time. Some of you may have already seen it on the website. It, along with other videos, are located under the Media Center tab. You see the video of the month as well as the archived ones if you haven't seen them already. But this video makes us think of the time that we spend in our day-to-day lives. So I want you to just watch this for a second. That really makes you think, doesn't it, about how we spend our time. How often, you know, they gave the average of how often a person spends with the Lord. How many times do you spend with the Lord? And makes you think about what you do in your day and if it counts for Jesus. Now next week we are going to start chapter 1, which is following hard after God. And the first paragraph starts off with talking about prevenient grace. Now, prevenient grace basically means that God puts within us the very desire to pursue Him. As we see in John 6, verse 44, It says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Ladies, that's what we're going to be doing for these next several weeks. We're going to be pursuing a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope to join you next week. Thank you.